0: Welcome back to The Dark Parts, everyone. A show where we explore the darkest parts of history, the world, and your mind. I'm your host, Heath, and with me today, as always, is the lovely Queen of Scream, Daphne. How you doing, Daphne?
1: I'm doing very well. I made my own little version of a pumpkin spiced iced latte, so I'm
0: ready to go. How are you? She is ready to go. I am doing Fantastic. It's a uh, pretty spooky today. Got a kind of a gloomy day with a little bit of sun coming through the clouds. It's kind of nice. Speaking of spooky, cozy fall time, if you
1: guys haven't yet checked out our merch, head on over to thedarkparts.com and hit the shop tab. We have some fun pullovers and zip-up hoodies and mugs for you to drink your very own pumpkin spice latte out of. So if you guys want merch, head on over there. Check
0: them out. So, Without further ado, let's get started with today's episode. We've all heard spooky stories and urban legends regarding my personal favorite holiday, Halloween. Razor blades and candy apples, black cat sacrifice, and even killer clowns on the loose. But one that I thought was kind of underrated was the story of a dead body as a decoration. And you might ask why this creepy tale was so interesting that I decided to create an entire episode about it. Well, that's easy. A lot of people would argue that every legend is based on some shred of truth. Others would say that they're simply fictional stories made up to scare the shit out of you. That the stories morphed over the years into an endless game of telephone. The details more gruesome than each time it's retold. But what if our scary stories aren't fiction? What if a few of them are actually true? Well, my friends, such is the case for today's topic. the terrifying tale of the Hanging Man. Throughout the history of Halloween, and probably my
1: favorite part, is the creepy and fun task of decorating the house. Every year, families pull their decorations from that creepy-as-hell attic and turn their house into a sinister display to celebrate the holiday of Halloween. Some put out jack-o'-lanterns, some put up fake spider webs, and if you're like me, you take it to the next level by filling up trash bags with leaves in the shape of dead bodies and hanging them from your garage. Although the jack-o'-lantern and the hanging spiderwebs are also outside of our house currently. If we look back through history, we'll see that these decorations have actually been around for a long time. And one of the most popular decorations actually served a purpose other than scaring the shit out of your neighbor. We're talking about scarecrows.
0: Scarecrows have been around since ancient Egyptian times, and were created to do exactly what the name implies, scare off crows from growing crops. Some of the earliest scarecrows were actually made to resemble dead humans, as a reminder that if the crops don't do well that year, you'll likely die of starvation, which is morbid as hell. Why would
1: you want that personal reminder?
0: Yeah, I don't really know. So for the best here. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. It's also been said that dressing your scarecrow in clothing is a good idea because birds don't really like the smell of humans that linger on them. And one fun fact that I found while I was researching this episode is that during the medieval times, there was actually a job called a bird scarer. Young boys were paid to walk the crop fields, carrying a satchel of rocks to throw at the birds, disturbing the harvest. And I can only imagine taking an interview for that job, I'm very proficient in throwing rocks. Some have said my arm is like a cannon, and my accuracy is that of a crossbow.
1: I think you would actually be perfect for that because this is the man who put chili powder and garlic powder around our grass so that squirrels wouldn't dig holes in our
0: backyard. Yes, I'm very proactive. I mean, they started the war, so it's not on me. Sadly enough, when the plague ravaged the population... There weren't enough bird scarers to go around, so farmers started creating scarecrows.
1: Much more affordable option as well. Exactly,
0: yeah. So now you know a little history regarding one of Halloween's most popular decorations, so let's get into the history of the Hanging Man.
1: Death by Hanging actually originated in Iran over 2,500 years ago and was used in most countries around the world throughout history. The last state-ordered hanging that occurred in the U.S. was on January 25, 1996, in Delaware.
0: And you would assume that's, I mean, that's so strange. That's very recent. That's very recent for, to have a, a town hanging.
1: Yeah, what? What the hell, Delaware? I'm sure if you Google the origin of the hanging man, you may get different answers, and although I'm sure this is just one of many stories, I found it creepy enough to share. In December of 1976, the Universal Studios camera crew was on set to shoot a scene for the TV show Six Million Dollar Man at the New Pike Amusement Park located in Long Beach, California. Within the park's funhouse, a crew member was moving a hanging man prop from the corner of the room when the prop's arm had broken off and fallen to the floor. After taking a closer look, The crew noticed that the hanging man was no prop after all. It was a real dead body. The body was discovered
0: to be that of Elmer McCurdy, an outlaw who robbed a train in 1911 for some whiskey and $46 before being killed by law enforcement in Oklahoma. His body was embalmed in a local funeral parlor, but the undertaker had different plans for the corpse. The undertaker noticed that no family members had come to claim the body of McCurdy and noticed how good he looked dressed up in his brand new fancy pants burial clothing, so he decided to prop him up in the back room of the funeral parlor and charge the public a nickel to see the man he deemed the bandit who wouldn't give up. I hope poor Elmer got to enjoy that whiskey because his afterlife gets pretty fucking weird. Patrons would drop a nickel into the dead man's mouth, like some sort of fucked up wishing well, and the undertaker would later retrieve them. And I don't even want to know how this guy got those nickels out.
1: Yuck. That's pretty morbid, though, to pay to see a dead man's body. Why would you want to see that?
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, they just had, like, a weird, fucked up, um, like, sense of entertainment back then, I guess. They're like, we're bored. You want to go see a dead body? No. <laughs> that sounds awful. <laughs>
1: So this attraction would last until 1915, when a few men had shown up at the parlor claiming to be the brothers of Elmer McCurdy. They explained to the undertaker that they wanted to give their deceased brother a proper burial. Little did the undertaker know, these men were actually carnival promoters and wanted the corpse for profit themselves. They even kept the same name, the bandit who wouldn't give up. Elmer's corpse was now being displayed at carnivals all around the Midwest before being shipped to a wax museum in Los Angeles and eventually the Funhouse in Long Beach. The corpse even appeared in a few low-budget films. With all that said, the Universal Studio crew had no idea the prop was real, and just a year later in 1977, the state of Oklahoma ordered the sideshow corpse to finally be laid to rest in the town of Guthrie. To ensure the body could no longer be used for profit as a sideshow, the corpse was buried and concrete was poured into the grave to seal it. They were not messing around. They're like, he is not coming out of this grave.
0: Yeah, we're not doing this again.
1: Since the burial, Elmer's ghost has been seen roaming carnival grounds all over the U.S., terrifying the public.
0: And I just want to say something real quick before we move on. Thinking about the fact that... Elmer's body was used in some like low budget films thinking it was a prop like it was yeah fake like a dummy yeah like how freaky is that you know how like morbid is that really
1: I mean if you watch if you watch those movies and you s- happen to see his prop knowing that's a real dead body that's really creepy yeah
0: because if these guys didn't know if this camera crew didn't know then I'm sure other camera crews probably didn't know either oh definitely I mean, I don't know how
1: no one knew. (laughs) Like, was he not
0: decomposed? Well, no, he was preserved because his body was embalmed. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, they preserved his body really well. So they just thought he was some creepy dead body prop. But yeah, no, real guy. Like we mentioned before, everyone loves a good Halloween prop, especially in a haunted house. But pulling off a believable stunt is no easy task. And in October of 1990, the fun would turn into horror. 17-year-old Brian Jewell was working for a haunted hayride attraction in New Jersey where guests could ride a wagon pulled by a tractor through haunted attractions. Brian's job was the gallows attraction, where he would put a noose that wasn't supposed to tighten around his neck, step off a wooden block with his feet on the ground, and appear to be hanged. Most of the time, this particular stunt is performed using a harness to protect the actor from danger, but Brian never used one, and the stunt seemed to be working out for him until one night. The tractor driver hauling a wagon of nearly 40 people noticed that Brian hadn't given his speech that he normally did when the tractor passed by. At 8 p.m. that Saturday night, it was discovered that Brian had died while performing the stunt. The strangest thing, though, is that Brian's feet were touching the ground when he was found. So how in the hell did he die? I suppose it's possible that he passed out with the noose around his neck, but that's just my only guess. That's so weird. Do you know if they conducted an autopsy? Yeah, they did, and cause of death was asphyxiation. So I'm assuming he just had the rope around his neck for too long, and he had no way out. It's scary
1: to think that if anyone did happen to see this happening. They would just think that it was part of his stunt. And that reminds me of that uh, horror movie Haunt that we watched a few weeks ago. Uh, It's about these kids that go into a haunted house and everything is real. And they think that the things that are happening are stunts, but they're not. But since you're in a haunted house, you're expecting things to be fake. So if someone's screaming, that they need help or whatever, then they're just going to be like, oh, well, that's part of the scare. So if someone did see this happen, it's sad because he wouldn't have been able to get the help he needed considering he was supposed to be acting.
0: Right. And we also don't know how long it took for people to really uh, notice that he was dead because, I mean, maybe they were just thinking, hey, he's just doing his job. No big deal. Hey, maybe he just didn't say his speech this time around. No big deal. So I mean, who knows? You know, that's kind of the scary part. It's really sad. One week after
1: Brian Jules' accident, 15-year-old William Anthony Odom was creating a haunted house in his aunt's North Carolina basement. He and some school friends were throwing a Halloween party that night, and William, who went by Tony because of his middle name, Anthony, was determined to make his decorations look as authentic as possible. His idea was to pose in a freestanding wooden cabinet with a homemade noose around his neck, but just like Brian, the stunt would prove fatal. Later in the night, a group of partygoers found Tony dressed in his pirate costume, sitting down in the cabinet with the rope around his neck, his head tilted to the side, and body limp. It was decided that the noose had gradually tightened around Tony's neck, causing him to possibly panic and pass out, suffocating him to death.
0: And I'm assuming this is probably exactly what happened to Brian Jewell as well.
1: Oh, I'm sure. Because if I'm so sorry, if he if he was uh, if Brian was supposed to be doing that stunt and it got too tight and he panicked, it definitely could have caused something like that to happen.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to pass out in a situation like that, especially I think in Tony's situation. Because he's inside of a cabinet, so it's probably hot in there. Less air. Less air, exactly. Another incident that occurred was very similar to that of Brian Jules and Tony Odom's. A 14 year old named Caleb Reeb had been asked if he wanted to take part in a Halloween hayride attraction in October of 2001. Caleb loved Halloween, it was his favorite holiday, and he loved to run around in the dark. Without hesitation, Caleb agreed to work and even told the owner of the farm in Sparta, Michigan, that he would work for free as long as he was allowed to hang out in the attraction. Early on in the night, Caleb was working a coffin exhibit, hiding inside and popping out to scare wagon riders as they passed by. But at some point in the night, he decided to switch places with a friend who had been working on the gallows section of the ride. So Caleb was like, I don't really like popping out of coffins. I want to do the scary hanging man thing. So unlike Brian's incident, the gallows exhibit consisted of a prop skeleton hanging from a noose instead of an actor. But Caleb really wanted to scare people, and he was not satisfied with a hanging skeleton.
1: So Caleb decided that he would replace the flimsy prop with himself, which they probably had the flimsy prop there so that, you know, no one would die and so that they wouldn't be liable. But OK, yeah. Caleb figured his body would be heavy enough to weigh down the tree limb, which the rope was hanging from, while safely planting his feet on the ground. Unfortunately, his calculations were incorrect, and his body was too light to bend the branch. The tree limb ended up snapping back, creating tension in the rope. As wagon riders passed the hanging man attraction, Caleb began thrashing around, trying to loosen the knot around his neck. And probably the most horrifying and sad part of Caleb's story is that the Hayride patrons just assumed poor Caleb was acting. They watched him struggle until eventually his body became lifeless. When employees in the public discovered that the stunt was not an act, they pulled Caleb down and tried to revive him, but he was eventually pronounced dead at the scene. So just like I was saying before, which is so sad and scary these people are like oh spooky and it's like this kid is literally dying in front of your eyes
0: yeah it just that seems like a scene from a horror movie like it seems like something you would see in a horror movie like this person's actually being killed or actually dying and everyone's like ha 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 great prop
1: well, what was that other movie we saw? Not Haunt. The one, it was like a cam movie with the Haunted House.
0: Oh, um, the LLC one. Haunt LLC. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like a Hell House LLC.
1: Yes. That movie legit gave me nightmares for days. I'm not kidding. If you want to be scared, go watch it. I actually didn't think it wasn't like the best movie I've ever seen, but I was so scared by it. So in that movie, kind of something similar where This girl is, she's like chained to a wall or tied to a wall in some way and something goes amiss and there's actually something scary down there and she's trying to get out. She's like screaming and everyone thinks that it's part of her act
0: right they think that that's just part of the show yeah but actually it's a real life thing going on
1: yeah so this is very reminiscent of horror movies and super super sad i i just can't imagine
0: yeah if you're looking for a new uh movie to watch this halloween definitely check that one out hell house llc one story that i found really spooked me is the legend of hanging man hill and the story goes like this two boys in a small town in south carolina during the 1980s were riding bikes one day when they noticed a path leading behind an old abandoned shack with curiosity leading them they decided to see where that path led to They rode for a while and eventually stopped at the top of a hill where they could see for miles in each direction. That's when one of the boys turned to the other and said, this is Hanging Man Hill. But the other boy wasn't convinced, and that's when the first boy whispered, Roy Terrence, then sped on his bike down the hill towards a particular pole bearing power lines. The other boy was quick on his trail. When they reached the bottom of the hill, the first boy explained that Roy Terrence was a local man who hung himself by the power lines after his wife and kids left him. And if you're caught in that area on the night that Roy died, you would be strung up by the lines as well. When authorities finally found Roy's body, it was burnt to a crisp by the volts of electricity in the power lines. The second boy was still very skeptical of this story, but his friend maintained that it was true. In fact, he was so determined to prove it, that the boys made a plan to meet the very next night in the same location to summon the spirit of Roy Terrence.
1: The next night came, and the boys set up somewhat of a stakeout. They built a campfire and waited for nightfall to come. When it did, the first boy who told the story fell asleep after eating far too much junk food. After a few minutes passed, the sleeping boy awoke from his sleep in a panic and began to stare at the power lines above the two of them. Before the second boy could ask what was wrong, the first hopped on his bike and began pedaling furiously up the hill. The second boy tried to keep up, but the other boy was too fast. The second boy looked back and witnessed a charred body, flesh dripping from bone, hanging from the power lines, staring right back at him. He described the hanging man's facial expressions as somewhere between pain and laughter, his smile the image of nightmares. The second boy turned back around to see where he was going before he stumbled over the first boy's bike, bent and broken in pieces. Then laying just feet away, he noticed the charred body of his best friend. The second boy screamed with terror and ran home to get help. And the next day, when the police arrived on the scene, the first boy's body had vanished. All that was left was his broken bike in pieces. And the boy was never seen again.
0: And those boys are pretty brave. Because honestly, if my friend was like, hey, there's this uh, guy that comes and haunts you. He was hanging from these power lines. Let's go, like, stay the night underneath those power lines, I would have been like, "Uh, no, bud. no Well,
1: I feel like it's kind of it's one of those things where you're trying to show how how much of a big boy you are, you know, and so you can't be the weenie who's not going to go do that.
0: But you should be the weenie. Be the weenie. And everybody knows what it's like to be a little kid and have that peer pressure like you got to, you know, act like you're tough. And honestly, this reminds me of the movie Stand By Me where four boys go to check out a dead body. It's kind of kind of same deal there. They kind of camp out. So it's kind of a coming of age story, except for one of the boys in this particular story did not come to any age because he died. And by the way, guys, if you didn't already know, this story is not true. It's a story that I found on the interwebs, but I thought it was pretty interesting. So I wanted to share it with you guys.
1: Still be the weenie.
0: Yeah, still, I guess be the weenie. I mean, you can not be the weenie if you want to, but you're always taking a chance at maybe getting uh, strung up by power lines and charred to death. So we see that the Hanging Man is sometimes much, much more than a spooky tale. Most of the time, the tale turns out to be true. The Hanged Man is also a tarot card. It's the 12th Trump or Major Arcana card in traditional tarot decks. The card depicts a shameful traitor being hung upside down by one ankle which was a form of punishment in Italy during the Renaissance. Although a deck called the Tarocco Siciliano, which was created in, you guessed it, Sicily, shows a man being hanged by the neck instead of the ankle. We also see just how creepy a hanging man can be in the horror movie franchise The Grudge, originally known as Juon, which uses people hanging throughout the series of films to scare its audience. The scene where you can hear some knocking going on upstairs and they go up there to investigate only to find a body hanging from the ceiling, swaying back and forth while its feet are hitting the wall. Yeah, that scene actually gave me so many fucking nightmares as a kid.
1: I've never seen The
0: Grudge. If you've really, you've never seen The Grudge?
1: It's one of those ones that I'm like, I just. That one is a no for me.
0: I mean, I can't honestly say that I particularly enjoy the grudge films. I did watch them when I was younger because they were new. They just come out. Everybody was talking about them. All in all, not my favorite my favorite franchise. But I mean, some people really like those films.
1: Well, isn't the grudge doesn't have a creepy girl in it?
0: Oh, yeah. The one that goes like this. Uh, so
1: i saw the ring and after that i was like i'm not seeing the grudge like i'm i'm done with these creepy (laughs) bitches
0: i used to i used to do that sound to my sister all the time like late at night just to scare the shit out of her. your
1: sister has seen the grudge and i haven't
0: she's seen the grudge yeah I mean, don't you don't you remember kids like walking around your school doing that noise doing that? No,
1: never. Yeah, that shit was so that was just you. you were that weird dude who did that. And everyone was like, what is he doing? No, no,
0: no. Everybody did it. Everybody did it in my in my middle school. I'm not weird.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, I haven't seen The Grudge, but sounds like a scary scene and scarier movie.
0: Yeah, there's also that scene where she like goes upside down. Or is that in the ring? No, I think it's in the garage where she goes upside down and she's, she's like walking upside down, down the stairs.
1: Well, I don't know.
0: <laughs> I haven't seen <laughs> well, it. Well, you've seen, you've seen the ring though, right? No,
1: she didn't do that in the ring. She was like more like a crawler
0: in the oh, ring. Oh, yeah, yeah, right, 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 Anyways, right. Anyways,
1: I don't want that in my head. Let's move on. So, strangers, what did we learn today? We learned that it's super not cool to embalm a person's body, treating it like a sideshow so you can get rich off of nickels. We also learned that sometimes the super realistic and cool looking Halloween prop that you thought was fake isn't always fake. And that if you're going to try and pull off a creepy stunt like that, make sure you use a safety harness. And lastly, we learned that if the little neighbor boy tells you that you guys should ride your bike to a super spooky spot and camp overnight so you guys can see if the charred ghost of a man will show itself, just don't do it even if there's candy and marshmallows on the menu, because you may just end up strung up in the power lines looking like a burnt s'more.
0: Today's horror tip comes from the movie The Lost Boys. If you find out that you just moved to the murder capital of the world, you may want to turn around and head back to Phoenix, Arizona, or you might end up hanging out with some heavy metal motorcycle-riding vampires who want to drink blood and make you eat maggots. Also, another horror tip coming to you this week is from Daphne sometimes you just got to be the weenie. (laughs) Be the weenie. I'm going to put that on a shirt. (laughs) I want to wear a shirt that just says be the weenie. (laughs) Love it. That's the new merch item. It's coming. It's coming out soon. For listening to this episode of The Dark Parts, next week, we're actually doing a Halloween special. So we're going to dive into the history of Halloween. And it's going to be a little bit longer of an episode, so you guys get ready.
1: Yeah, and it's going to come out like only two days before Halloween. So make sure that you... Wait, is Halloween on a Saturday this year?
0: It is on a Saturday.
1: Yeah, it's only going to come out like two days before Halloween. So make sure you listen to get right into that Halloween spirit.
0: Again, if you guys are digging this show, make sure you leave us a review. That really helps us get noticed, and um, we really appreciate that.
1: Yes, and if you guys have any creepy topics that you want us to cover, this month we've kind of been focusing somewhat on some more Halloween-y tales, but obviously, as soon as November hits, we're going to be doing still creepy tales, but not Halloween-based tales. So if you have any ideas, let us know.
0: Yeah, we're going to do some different urban legends and stuff like that, so we would definitely love your guys' suggestions. Also, if you want some really cool, spooky... Dark Parts merch, head over to thedarkparts.com and click the shop tab. Alright strangers, we'll see you next time. In the Dark Parts.